It's uh, really good to see all the new faces here tonight. Um, as we were praying beforehand, I was just really getting the sense that that God really wants to do um, some some deep things and some new things. I really believe that God's going to show Himself to you guys, some of you guys tonight, that like you haven't experienced Him before. And um, so just just be open to what God wants to do. And so we just say, God, have Your way in us. Tonight, have your way as as we sing, Lord. We really, truly want your presence uh, in us, God, um, to experience you, God, to experience the fullness you have, to um, to be able to go out and to bring glory to you in everything we do and we say. And so, thank you, God. We just want to be with you tonight. Your love is Steady and changing, your love is a mountain from beneath my feet. Your love is a mystery, how you gently me when I am surrounded. Your love carries me. Yeah. 
So, Lord, we just ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, come right now and burn within our hearts, Lord. Burn away anything that's not of you. Purify us, Lord Jesus, until all that people see in us is you, till only you remain, Father God. Burn within us individually, Lord, and burn within us corporately as your body, Lord, so that as we leave, we are pictures of you, Lord, that when people hear our voice, they're hearing your voice. When people see us act, they're seeing you act, Lord, that we would love like you love. So let's just uh, continue to press in and ask the Lord to just stir within us. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Passion for your name. speaks in the here and now as well as through his written word um so let's just take some moments here to listen if god gives you something that you feel is for the group go for it um if not we'll just spend some time uh just growing intimate with the father right now as we were praying i saw myself worshiping nice and loud nice and loud as we were praying i saw myself worshiping hands in the air asking for more and i saw this giant flame just this huge flame come down from the sky from the sky and consume me. And I turned like like ash. Like I was like I was burnt. Like like a charcoal. 
And then I was kind of like, what the heck? Why? 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 That's not good. <laughs> if you can speak louder, there are people in the outer rooms that can't hear anything you're saying. So just yell it out. I know it's uncomfortable. All right. But it cuts people out of the conversation that we're having with the Lord and with one another if you don't just yell it. All right. As I was standing there, a flame came down and came across my entire body, and I turned into an ash like a charcoal. And as it sat there like that, it slowly changed into gold. That the ash and that charcoal fell off. It was it was taking the things that were bad and just like burning them. And it didn't stay like that. Underneath was gold. And then as soon as that had happened, I walked from person to person, and that happened to each one of them. And then from those people, they went to more people. Sorry to keep saying this, but you guys need to know that there are people way out here, and they don't hear this, and so they're just kind of, they become spectators rather than participants. And I know it's uncomfortable, but I'd rather not have words unless they can hear it. So unless, I'm going to keep cutting you off, and if you, if you speak it real loud so that they can hear, then uh, they get to share in it. We're going to assume that it's a good word, so... Uh, just lift up your voice and, and shout it. Uh, don't whisper it or else you can't give it. I announce the coming of the Father. His gracious presence has allowed us to be in fellowship together, guys. Anointing, power, authority, Father. God, you are beyond our understanding. Uh, we don't know how to get burned like that. Help us, help us to do it. Help us to receive that. God, we don't know how to do any of this stuff. But God, I pray that you would give us an ability deep within that empowers and strengthens us to do that, to receive that. Although it looks passive, it looks inactive, it's impossible. So God, help us to allow you to burn us. It's the most impossible thing to let happen. It's impossible. But God, help us to do it. Give us the strength. We we trust that, that what you say is true. Like Jesus said with you, it's possible. So help us to believe that too. That it's possible to be burned. To be purified. If some of us just don't believe it. I struggle with it, God. We can't believe it. We think we know what it looks like, but we don't. So help us, God. Help us to receive that. Help us to really seek that, God. Help us not to give up, Lord. Help us not to grow weary and give up, Lord, and fall back into the things that are destroying our lives. Help us, Lord. We can do nothing without you. And know that with the Lord there are things that you can do that might surprise you, that just a touch can bring encouragement to someone, just a word. 
You can bring healing to others. God can speak to you and give you give encouragement to someone else just by a simple word that you bring. Tonight, someone shared with me that he'd been healed recently of uh, something in his shoulder. They said that it might take Ooh. surgery, but uh, could you just mention that, John? What happened to you? Yeah, John. At the Holy Spirit Conference. What happened? <laughs> At the Holy Spirit Conference, I wanted for prayer for my back. Uh, due to a truck accident 10 years ago, I've got wedging on the T10 and T11 vertebrae, and it's just been very painful. Uh, the pain somewhat sort of subsided, but throughout the week, uh, I've been noticing that with work, my left shoulder hasn't been hurting. And the doctors have told me that uh, if it doesn't get any better within the next couple of years, I would need uh, surgery for a torn rotator cuff. But I've had no pain all week long. See the King of Glory, coming on the clouds with fire. The whole earth shakes. The whole earth
Um, Dan is the father of Allie, who's sitting on the floor again. Again. So, welcome, Father of Allie. Would you like me to stand? I am the father of Allie. And my wife, Denise, is there on the stairs. Denise, can you wave at everybody? That's about the only thing you guys in that back room are going to see, so you might take a good look at my wife. And I... Uh, personal Paul and Karen. I worked with Paul about 10 years at least. We know how many of you were at the Holy Spirit Conference? Let me see. Okay, good. Okay, that's kind of what we do and uh, all that good stuff. So I'm glad you were there. Uh, take your Bibles if you have them. And those people out there, I was sitting out there, and so Paul, you're right. We need, if you guys can't hear, and you dear ones out in the <laughs> deck out there, you know, you need some light for your Bible, make sure you turn a light on in there and turn to Luke chapter 18. Would you do that? We're going to jump right in here. Oh, bless your heart. You're going to need that. Luke chapter 18. Here's what I want to talk about tonight. And boy, I tell you what, I'm so glad I was listening in to all the things that were going on and what people were saying, because the title of what I want to share tonight is Developing the Art of Spiritual Receptivity During an Outpouring. Are you open for that? Yeah. Developing the art of spiritual receptivity during an outpouring. You know what? Why I brought this, why I'm bringing this word for you here tonight is because, um, like many of you have been kind of saying, you're sensing something's going on under the current of things. Have you noticed that? In all the different groups you've been a part of, somebody mentioned stuff going on at North Heights. We sensed it at the Holy Spirit Conference, where it's this feeling where, you know, after the conference it went so well and there were so many good things that happened, people came up to us and said, boy, thanks you guys, you did such a good job. And, and you know what? Oftentimes I just had to say, we didn't do anything different than we normally do. In fact, it felt like for a while there, during the previous years, we were like a boat that was sitting out in the water that was becalmed, and we kept throwing the sail up, and sometimes a little breeze would catch, and we'd move a little, but oftentimes it would just, you know, it was very slow progress. But at this conference, something happened. We can't even explain it. It's like the, we did what we always do. We threw the sail up, and all of a sudden, the wind caught that thing. And it just, you just feel yourself being carried. You know it's not anything we're doing. And you hear stories all over the place in different, uh, I'm sure, places that you visit, places that you have heard of, where if, is it true, could it be true, that God is preparing us and moving us toward a place where a wave is coming now and we're going to experience something new and fresh in the Lord and the Spirit? I think it could be. The last six months, I've been kind of, Sensing that, getting a little anxious, wondering about this, if this is happening. You know, in the spirit, there are two kinds of seasons. There's the spirit of ebb and the spirit of flow. In the spirit of flow, I can picture this very good because I'm from California. And we used to go to the ocean there in, about in the central part of California by Morro Bay. Any Californians here? All right, you know. You're, what part of California are you from? Santa Maria. Santa Maria, you know exactly. Okay, good. So, you know, when the waves come in, they, there's, the, there's the first part of the wave that comes in and crashes on the shore, and then that's the flow, and then there's the ebb where that wave draws back and pulls the other direction until the next wave comes. Sometimes that's the way people describe things that happen in the spirit. 
that a wave comes and the wave of the Holy Spirit comes, people are touched in a profound way, God makes a deposit and then the ebb cycle comes and that wave pulls back and now we solidify or integrate what we received in that experience. That's a whole different season. And in my opinion, I think we're coming out of an ebb season into another flow season. But if we are, we need to get ready. We need to know, not just pray about it, but know how to receive what God gives. And you're saying, well, how do you know that, Dan? I know that because in my lifetime, since I became a believer during the Jesus movement, about 19 years old, we were in rooms just like this, packed with kids, hanging out the windows like Kelly and her gang out there. Different, different, uh, Callie and, and her gang out there, different ones, uh, places we would go, Bible says every night, God was moving, something was stirring. There were two parts to that. That was the first, the first part of, of my experience of renewal. And then in the middle 90s, there was another outpouring. I'm here to tell you tonight, and the reason I want to share this is, is, is with you is because I missed the first one. I did not have somebody to help me learn how to receive that wave as it came. And I missed a lot of what God was doing. I did come into the kingdom. I did go to Bible studies like this. I did do a lot of things to attend a church. But in spite of being a part of that, I missed the depth of what God wanted to give me when that wave hit. And I'm telling you tonight, please, I plead with you. If you sense the Spirit is moving, then you need to develop and ask God to help you, not just in your worship, not just in who you hang with, but in the spiritual sense of what the Spirit is doing to incorporate it into your life individually and then corporately as a body. Okay? Okay, look at Luke 18. Let me tell you, show you two kinds of people. So, again, why am I telling you this? I missed one wave. I caught the second wave. Oh, my gosh, what a difference. The second wave, I was right on the peak of it, and it made all the difference in the world. I want you to catch it if, if God is sending a wave. Luke 18 tells us a picture of someone who senses the wave coming and they're going to do whatever they want, whatever they can to catch that wave. Here it is. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. It's the blind beggar who receives his sight. That's the story. The, you know the story real quickly. The blind guy is sitting by the roadside. He's begging. He can't see anything, but he hears the crowd going by and he goes, what's happening? And here's what they told him. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. That's outpouring. That's presence. That's when God in a cycle of flow starts to draw near. Here's this guy sitting in blindness by the side of the road. And of all places, Jesus goes right by him. And he knows something's happening. What's happening? Jesus is passing by. What does he do? Does he just sit there? No. He goes after him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he calls out. Those who led him... Uh, who led the way, who were leading Jesus now as he's passing by, rebuked him and said, Knock it out! Shut up! You're bugging him! Did that stop him? No. Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus stopped. And he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came to, came to Jesus, Jesus asked the question that he's asking every one of us. When he comes to us, especially in a spirit of outpouring, in the wave, in that flow cycle, he looks at us individually and he says, I am coming in a way that is more profound than you've ever experienced me before. What do you want me to do for you? That's what he asked the blind guy. So I want you to ask yourself that question tonight. If Jesus is coming in a way that most of you in this room have never experienced the depth of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 
where God shows up in a way that is more profound than you've ever experienced. If that's even remotely true, and I don't want to hype that up, I don't know. You know, I mean, people talk about revive all the time. Sometimes I get tired of it. Listen, when God shows up, you will know. You don't have to have somebody tell you he's here. You will know, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But he is asking, what do you want me to do for you? I'm passing by. Are you going to cry out? Are you going to press in? Are you going to ask me? Are you going to wait for me? What are you going to do? And the blind man said, Lord, I want to see. And that's the basis of renewal and revival, is seeing with new eyes in ways we couldn't see before. Now, in the next chapter, we have somebody who's just the opposite. Something happened that's just the opposite in chapter 19 of Luke. By the way, let me throw this little phrase out. In this idea of Jesus asking you, what do you want me to do for you? Let me, just because I'm thinking about it now. Now, Now hang on to this little phrase. You can have as much of God as you want. Here's the question. How much do you want? And don't glibly say, oh yeah, I want it all. You think that through. You know, there's a price to pay when Jesus shows up. There's a price that your pride will pay. There's a price that your schedule will pay. There's a price that what you gave attention to before, you'll have to redirect because Jesus is passing by. You can have as much of God as you want. How much do you want? That's the question when outpourings come in. Here in chapter 19, we see just the opposite. Just the opposite. It's the story where Jesus is coming into the into Jerusalem. He's on the donkey in verse 38. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All the people are shouting. They're walking, welcoming him into the city. <clears throat> in verse 40, Jesus says, If these people keep quiet, the stones are going to cry out. But as he approached Jerusalem, this was the city of God. This was representative of the church, the people of God. And he saw the city. He wept over it. And here's what he said. If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Just as he's coming to Jerusalem, he passes by the blind man who couldn't see anything. He sensed Jesus was passing by. He cried out, Lord, have mercy on me. And you even sang tonight, Hosanna, that means God save us. But here are the people of God that Jesus actually came to bring himself to, to save, to rescue, to show up. It was hidden from their eyes. And look at verse 44. He predicts how Jerusalem is going to be just trashed, totally burnt to the ground. talks about all the terrible things that are going to happen. And there's not going to be one stone left on another. And as he's weeping, here's what he says. Why, Why will all this happen to you? Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Here's the other ways that's translated. You did not recognize your visitation. Another way. You rejected the opportunity God offered you. That's what happens in a time where the way it comes. It's an offering. But we have to learn how to receive it. And that is a little tougher than you think. It's not just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, because whenever Jesus shows up, stuff happens. Whenever God shows up in a powerful way, nothing is the same anymore. Nothing's the same. I can tell you that from my experience. I experienced both the blind man 
and this word about missing the visitation. During the Jesus movement, I missed the visitation. And I wish I had somebody who, who could have helped me learn how to receive what the wave was going. So here's what I've got to say to you tonight. I have three things. These are three things on my wish list that I wish people would have done or that I wish things I would have understood to help me embrace this wave as it came over us. When I went to Bible studies, like I said, just like this room, uh, just like this place where people were packed in and people were looking through the, through the different rooms. I mean, uh, Campus Crusade, they would actually rent whole houses that were totally empty, no furniture in them, and they would fill with kids night after night after night, and they would be sitting in all the rooms doing Bible studies. So, just amazing. Where was all that coming from? Did they just advertise? No, I wasn't advertising. It was the Holy Spirit coming underneath. Just like at the Holy Spirit conference, those of you that were there. Just like other things you guys have been a part of, you sense something. You sense the wind blow into the sails. Okay. So here's the first thing I want to talk to you about tonight. What are the three things that I wish somebody would have told me? Okay. Uh, it starts with a story. I told you I was part of that Jesus movement. Scads of not only Christians, but non-Christians were coming to Christ. Like It was just unreal. I mean, the churches had to adjust. And the way they adjusted oftentimes was by, by they had a door in the front of the sanctuary and a door in the rear of the sanctuary. And the churches were so full, like on a Sunday morning and Wednesday night, whenever they opened their doors, people would pack in there to hear the scripture and worship and all that. And then in order to accommodate the crowds, they would just open the other door and this group would come out and the vacuum would suck in the next group. And it was just like this continual thing. It was unbelievable. You know, you just went in there and you went, what's going on here? You really didn't know. So there was that part. So part of it for me was being connected with people who got evangelized, who read the Word, and, oh, I just so fell in love with God's Word. The first Bible I had, I underlined the whole thing. I just couldn't stop. Just, wow, this is great. Wow, look at this. You know, just going, you know, if my mom's little Bible, I just wore the thing. I just underlined because I was just so hungry. That was one of the signs for me that God was doing something in my heart. One of the signs of the new DNA was that I was hungry for the Word of God. Okay, but there was a whole other phase that I missed that a friend of mine was a part of. And that was the part of the Spirit. That was a part of, where did the Holy Spirit fit into all this? And I experienced a little bit of this when I went to some of these churches. Like one guy invited me to one of his uh, churches that was associated with Jack Hayford's church, if you've heard of him, except this was in the Central Valley. And I remember he invited me to his church one time, and, and in the middle of the sermon, all of a sudden this guy sitting right behind me just screamed out, ah! like that. <laughs> and I tell you what, the hair in the back of my head, I went, oh! Oh my gosh, and I, I wasn't even afraid to turn around. And here's what was going on there. This Holy Spirit was so heavily in some of these meetings that if there was demonic there, it would just they would just cry out. Does that sound familiar? That's in the Bible, remember, when Jesus would go and preach places and he'd be preaching and it's these you know, the presence of Jesus when it's really strong elicits warfare. That's one of the ways you can tell. It just happens. And that was one of the, that was my first experience with the presence of the Holy Spirit coming in a strong way, and it freaked me out totally. And and of course they had these little usher guys. They dee -dee 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 -dee. came down to the towel, picked the guy up, carted him off, and did mystery from him. I didn't know where they went. I just said, I'm sure as heck not going to yell because they'll cart me off, and I won't be able to service you. So, but that I didn't understand that. I didn't understand what it meant to do that. And the, 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 the part that really bothered me the most, the part where I wish somebody would have helped me, was the same friend invited me to a meeting in a home, just like this. There about 20 people there, though. And again, we were going to Bible studies every night. And the guy started normal, reading scriptures, singing a few songs. And all of a sudden, he goes, you know, I feel that the Lord wants me to pray and bless you guys. And I'm going, I'm looking at my friend, going, what does that mean? 
And so he goes, well, I'm just going to start going around the circle. Why don't you all stand up? I'm going to put my hand on you. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would just come on you. Now, now see, everything he said, I have no idea what he's talking about. No reference point. I'm hanging with the Baptists over here. I mean, they didn't know. They, they, it wasn't like they didn't want to tell me. They just didn't have that experience in their tank. Okay? So, and I was raised Catholic on top of that, so talk about a weird, you know, I was, I was really screwed up, you know. So, anyway, so anyway, so here I am, and this guy starts, he's over here next to me, he starts going around the room, speaking in tongues real loud. And I'm just looking around saying, somebody give me a program, what is, what is this? I never heard of it before. I never even heard what that was. And he's da 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 and he puts his hand on one person, and the person closes their eyes, and bam, they go down. And now I'm going, oh my God, oh, you know, and I started this little mantra about that point going, oh Lord, if this is you, I want it. But if it's not you, if it's of the devil, I don't want it. Oh Lord, auntie M, auntie M, there's no place like home, you know, I was, I was freaking out. And so he's going around the circle and he's laying hands, praying real loud in tongues and boom, they go down. Boom, they go down. He's getting to my friend. And I know my friend real well. I mean, he was my childhood friend. I'm watching him. As soon as the guy lays his hands on him, his tears come down his eyes, and boom, he goes down. And now I'm really into my mantra. Oh, Lord, if it's you, I want it. If it's the devil, I don't want it. Oh, Lord, if it's you, I want it. If it's the devil, I don't want it. And he comes over to me, and he puts his hand on my head, and he starts praying in tongues real loud. And nothing happens. He goes, huh. So he does it again. Second time. Everybody else in the room, except for who were on this side, we're all down the floor. Nothing happens. He calls his friends over. Come here, you guys. Come over here and help me. Put me in the middle of the room. Now they start praying for me. Nothing happens. So he goes to the next person. Prays for them. Boom. They go down. All the way the rest of them go down. I'm the only one that's standing in the room. Now, at first I was really scared. After a while, I kind of got ticked off. I go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How come all these, what's going on here? What am I, chopped liver? I mean, how come all these people got something? And I don't, you know, and the guy came up to me after, and the only thing he told me was, he goes, you know, sometimes that happens. That's all he said. And from that point on, a judgment formed in my heart about the things of the Spirit. Were they good people? They were lovely people. Did they flow in the things of the Spirit? Yes, they did. Was it a time of outpouring where the presence of God was so strong? And that's, that was just a taste of the strength of the presence of God. But no one told me. No one helped me. No one took took the time just to say, you know what, uh, this is what, and this is my first first thing right now. Number one is, how do you recognize the manifest presence of God and respond to it? So the first question is, what is manifest presence? What does that mean? That's different. Now turn to the person next to you, and if you think you know, tell them what you think that is. Go ahead. What is manifest presence? If you think you know, go ahead. Turn to someone near you. Say, I don't have a clue what that is. Or I hope he doesn't start praying over us or whatever you want to say. But say, say, what is manifest presence? Do you have any idea? Turn to someone talk about it. Okay, okay, come back now, come back, good. Now you got some ideas there. Now, because of time, I don't, I, I hope you had a good discussion. Let me just drop a few thoughts in there about that, because we don't have time for you to share. I'd love for you to do that. Hopefully, if there's questions afterward, I'm going to leave a little, little bit of time for that, but but I just want to get through this because everybody's hot. Most people, most people out there, I'm just concerned about. They don't drift off and will think there's a revival when they're just falling on the floor because they're tired. <laughs> okay, manifest presence is where something kicks in in the spirit that moves from the faith realm to the sovereign realm. 
Let me say that again. It's something in the spirit that, that kicks in the kind of overdrive that moves from the faith realm to the sovereign realm. What does that mean? Well, like you say, oh Lord, we invite you to come, and oh Lord, we're going to worship and get to you. When the sovereign presence, the manifest presence have come, they call it the, the tangible presence. It's something that you feel. It's called the active presence. When God, when Moses said to, said to God, Lord, show me your glory, and God says, Moses, i got to hide you in the cleft of the rock because if I showed up in my total presence, you'd be a crispy critter and that'd be all over. So I'm going to put you in the, in the cleft of the rock. And so when I passed by, but when he passed by, God started saying, this is what I'm like, Exodus 34. I'm compassionate, I'm gracious, I'm slow to anger, I'm all that da-da-da-da-da-da-da. What that was was not just a job description. Because when God shows up, who he is manifests. Manifest means, stand here for a second. All right, Tim. Manifest literally means like that way. Means you don't know somebody's there. Mana, anybody speak Spanish? Man, hand. It means literally to take the hand and either grab their hand and go, here I am. Like, oh, there you are. <laughs> or to hit the person on the shoulder and go, here I am. Good, thank you. So it's something that was normally hidden in a normal season. We believe in faith Jesus is present, but we don't always see that. But when the wave comes, when manifest presence comes, God shows up in ways that are sovereign. He shows up and everybody goes, whoa. We didn't have to crank it up. We didn't have to do it. We didn't have to pray 50 prayers. We didn't have to do 10 Our Fathers. All we had to do was just say, wow, God, this is what you want to do. And when it happens, people start to sense it. In that room when they were praying for me, I believe God's manifest presence was there, but there was something clogged in me. Something where I couldn't receive it. I couldn't become receptive to it. That had a lot to do, in my case, from my background. You know, my background was such that I was a little bit in control. And when God showed up, I wasn't sure I wanted God to show up like that. I wasn't sure I wanted him just by his presence, by the love and the graciousness. I didn't not sure I wanted to let go of my heart. You see, you you might say to me, you know what? I really want to be loved by God. Watch out. Watch out. You know why? It's because it's one thing to say, Yes, Lord, I want to love you. You're still in control when you say that. But when God says, I'm coming to love you. And when perfect love comes and touches your heart, it will undo you in the most wonderful way. But it will undo you. Isaiah said, Woe is me! I've seen! People where God appears like they freaked out. Oftentimes they had to say, Fear not! Why? Because it's so terrible? No, because it's so wonderful, but it's just so strong. So manifest presences, as opposed to omnipresence, we believe God is everywhere, right? You know, we, of course we do. We believe God is everywhere. You know, but you can't experience his everywhereness. Ooh, there he is. You, know, you freak out. You, know, you couldn't do that. It just totally freaked you out. But when he appears in manifest presence, it's experiential. It's like, oh, yeah. Now, some of you have experienced that in worship. I'm not saying that, that you haven't done that. But I'm telling you, when the wave comes, that is nothing. That is nothing. Because it's like the sovereign realm is where God kind of takes control. God kind of does. And then rather than us just going along with our meetings and now we'll do a song and now we'll do an offering, when God comes like that, everybody goes, woe is me, some people. Or you say, whoa, it's the glory, right? And sometimes you just can't say anything. You just receive. You just receive. How do you do that? How do you receive? So I wish somebody would have told me about manifest presence. You mean it's something I can feel? Yes. You mean it's something I can sense? Yes. Do you mean not only me, but a lot of other people are going to sense it at the same time? Yes. 
And what happens when I sense that? When God shows up like that, stuff happens. So don't be surprised. Don't get scared. Don't get freaked out. Just welcome it the best that you can. Okay? Right? So we move from the faith realm to the sovereign realm. It's, and everything changes. Okay, look at Ephesians 3. And I want to... This just kind of helps me uh, put it together a little more. Ephesians chapter 3 is this idea. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying when God shows up in that way. In fact, if you are a student of revival, go back and read what some of these guys like Finney and some of the awakening guys said when God would come. Um, a lot of them described it. Um, it was so strong. Uh, they would describe it like wave upon wave of liquid love. And, and oftentimes in their journal they'd say, Lord, I can't take anymore. If you keep coming, I just, please stop. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? But see, our human bodies are frail. That's why we're going to need new bodies when we're in the presence of the Lord. Because we just, you know, you know, if you were to stick your tongue in the light socket, you'd expect something to happen, right? I mean... Something would happen because of the power surge. Well, look at this scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. This combines these two ideas of love and power. Verse 16, I pray out of his glorious riches that God, my the Father, may strengthen you with what? Power in your inner spirit and in your being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in love may have power. See that? All through that, it's all connected. The reason why that is is because God is love, but His nature is also one of power. So when He shows up, it just kind of comes as a package. Okay, kind of comes that way, in especially in outpouring. All right. Okay. So that's that's the understanding between God's this connection between God's love and power. The other thing I wish somebody would have helped me understand was is that when God touches the person, if you to come to you in manifest presence. You are going to react to him. Like I said, you stick your tongue in the light socket, no one would go, whoa, look, look, their, their hair standing up on end. You know, you, you would not be surprised. Why do we think when God comes in a powerful way that things are going to happen, especially in our bodies, especially in our minds, especially in our hearts? And so when I saw those people when they were going around the room praying and they were falling over, I should have been surprised that that's all that happened. Right? You ever heard the poet, I can't think of her name right now, where she said, you know, I just can't understand it. We go into church, we sit in our pews, we do our things. If God was really present, we need to go into church, buckle up our seatbelt, put on our crash helmet, because the king and all creation is going to show up. Right? That's what she was saying. She's not even a Christian. That's a real interesting perception about our churches. But that's what happens in revival and renewal. The manifest presence comes and things happen. Think of this now. Think. Here, Peter filled with the presence of God in a season of renewal in Acts. It says when Peter would walk down the street, they would lay out people on the streets in stretchers, and when his shadow fell over them, they were healed. That's manifest presence. See that? It's a whole different thing. During the second renewal, I was a part of where I did catch the wave. We didn't have to do a whole lot of prayer ministry. took on a whole other thing. Because when God showed up, all you had to say was, more, Lord, and God would touch that person, and you didn't have to touch them sometimes, and he would just come on them in just a lovely way, and he would touch their heart and touch their mind. And sometimes they would go down, sometimes they would stand, sometimes they would laugh, sometimes they would cry. Why would we expect anything different? 
see, if that's not your background, if that stuff started to happen, would that freak you out like it freaked me out? Don't worry about it. Because I'm going to explain to you why you don't need to worry about that later. Okay. So don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit comes in a powerful way that stuff doesn't happen in your body. By the way, you know when they filled, people were filled with spirit in the New Testament, read the book of Acts. Oftentimes it says that they either spoke in a spiritual language or they also prophesied. Now, I've never heard too much of that. We were teaching a lot about when you get filled with the Spirit, you speak in tongues, but I, don't, I haven't heard too much teaching about when you get filled with the Spirit, you prophesy also at the same time. That's what it says in Acts. Go through there. Several times that happened. Why is that? Because the, <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes on a person and they're just so full, they just have to express it somehow. And so that's how it's expressed. Would that be okay if God did that with you? You can have as much of God as you want. How much do you want? Now, don't get freaked out, okay? Don't do what I did the first time. I, I missed the wave because of my fear. I missed the wave because I didn't have people like Paul and Karen or different older brothers and sisters who are experiencing the Spirit. So when it comes like that, I didn't have anybody to go to. You do. Don't miss the wave. And the other thing is, if you're around people where manifest physical manifestations start to happen, like they start falling or whatever, listen, it's not about that. It's not about, I could care less what happens in people. But what we're looking for is an encounter with their heart. We're looking for long-term fruit. I don't care if they stand on their head. I don't care if they run around the ceiling. As long as when that's all done and that encounter is done and they've been loved at the root of their being, that God has changed them, that they're more in love with Jesus, more in love with the body of Christ, more in love with the lost. That's all I care about. That's all that's about. It's not about the manifestation. But you could see some things. Read your history books. Even if you're evangelical, I went to an Evier Free Church for a while. They had renewals and revivals in their past, but they kind of now were selling for this thing with emotions. If you get emotional, then the Spirit's there. That's not true. It could be true, but it's not necessarily true. But we want to just let God have His way. We want to let God permeate us. We want to learn the art of receptivity. And for me, it took a while to learn that. Here's one of the ways I learned it. Why well, I'm not going to tell you that right now. I'll tell you that next in a minute. Okay. So don't be distracted by any of the hoopla. All right? Don't be distracted. And really, even also yourself, say, Jesus, I just want more of you, and I really don't care how that looks. You know, there was this one lady one time, I was sitting next to her in a church service. She was not a Christian. The reason I know this is because she came in, and I found out later in talking to her that she was just first time visiting this church. And she sat there for the first service, the first service, uh, I'm sorry, during the first part of the service, they were singing these worship songs. And as soon as the worship song started, she started crying. And I was visiting the church, too. I was supposed to watch this church as an assignment. I was going to school at the time, and I was supposed to see how they did a seeker-friendly church, okay? So she starts crying. And she's, getting, and she's crying through the songs, crying through the offering, crying through the word. They did the benediction. Everybody gets up. We're sitting in the back in the corner. Everybody walks out past this woman and me. She's sitting next to me crying. I kept waiting for somebody to say, are you okay? What's going on? Because I was a part of the church. I didn't want to overstep my bounds. No one said anything. Now you tell me what was happening to that woman. What? Conviction. What else? It could have been that. What? Yeah, see, she was. She didn't have a clue. She came into the church, and when the worship started, the presence of God came in a way that she was somehow sensitized to. 
and she just started crying. That's a manifestation, see? She didn't know. Manifestations usually go around your mind, and thank God they do. Because you can't contact God initially by your mind. It has to take the 18-inch drop to your heart. That's what a wave of the Spirit is about. God comes right to our hearts, just like He came to that lady. That's a, that's a small example. And afterward, everybody walked past. I finally said, looked, her, looked over to her and I said, Are you okay? And she goes, yeah. I said, Do you know why you're crying? She goes, No. And so I explained it to her. You know what? When God shows up, when God's presence comes, He's just loving you. He's just tenderizing your heart. He's just healing wounds you. Maybe it was conviction. that I wasn't going to ask that, but that could have been. I don't know. But it was God just being there for her. Now multiply that times a thousand people who are in a meeting all at the same time. And you got everybody crying, laughing, sensing God, getting excited, repenting. I mean, that's what a wave looks like all at the same time. And no one's orchestrating it. It just starts to happen. It starts to move. Now, now, how many were at the conference again? Okay. Now, now, there's something started to happen one night. Is the gal here who gave a testimony about just being filled with joy and laughing and all that? What was her name, Paul? Do you remember? Okay. Cody. Cody. Is she here? No. Okay. How many heard her say that? She just gave a testimony. She was just, ha ha, she's up there, and I'm just all filled with joy. It's just great. She did. That's that's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But you know what was really cool while she was doing that? Did anybody notice what happened? What started to happen? It started to happen out in the crowd. People started to laugh. Do you remember that? It just started to spread. See, that's sovereign. That's the sovereign realm. Nobody said, okay, let's all laugh. You know, nobody said that. It's just like everybody starts, you know, and I've been in meetings at the height of renewal where you're sharing, and I've been in these real stay evangelical churches. I remember one gal, so I was teaching on some of this stuff, and, and the Holy Spirit, I could tell, started to come in a manifest presence way. And this one girl who's sitting way in the back, she starts going, here she goes, she started laughing. I mean, you don't do that in church, right? She just, because it was just she couldn't. That was just the way God was touching her. She started just cracking up. And I was able to explain to her later, but you know, she couldn't do that, right? You don't. You can't respond to God in church, can you? I mean, you see how God's coming messes it all up. Totally messes with our programs and our services and everything. But that's okay. So don't be distracted with manifestations. If something happens to you. You have to kind of go with it because it's a double deal. See, that was the other thing nobody told me. Dan, you want a spiritual language? I'm going, if God wants to give me a spiritual language, he has to hit me and it's going to come out. No, it doesn't work that way. What it really works for most people is you have to engage your mouth. It's your mouth. It's your voice. And then the Spirit gives you words. I didn't understand that. It's tandem. God flows through us. Okay, that's the first thing. How to recognize a man's presence and respond to it. Now, you were all praying in tonight and doing that. Now, sometimes, you know what people do? Is they're so involved in the program, God starts to come, and everybody just moves right past them. Especially when you're preaching, it's really easy to do. I had people, when I used to share, who I called lightning rods sitting out there. And if I saw them, I'm just kind of watching them. If I see them kind of, oh, yeah, God, you know, God's coming, they're just receptive to that kind of thing, then I just kind of slow down and stop and go, am I supposed to keep going? Am I supposed to stop? Am I supposed to say, Lord, just go ahead, Lord, do what you want to do? The sovereign realm. So be sensitive to them. Second thing is, how to clear the highway to make a way for the Spirit in my heart. The highway of your heart, I mean. How to make a highway for the Spirit in your heart. Okay. Paul, what time do I absolutely need to stop? Tell me. I think we're okay. I don't know what time it is. It's 20 minutes to 10. 
20 what? 20 minutes to 10. Okay. Uh, five, 10 more minutes? Go to 10. Okay, I'll go a little before, I'll try to go a little before that. Because uh, I know everybody's being real patient here. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, real quick. The first thing was how to recognize the manifest presence of God and respond to it. Second thing is, make a highway for the Spirit in your heart. And that Isaiah 40 talks about that, remember? Make a highway, take the mountains, bring them down, bring the valleys, bring them up, so that God can, kind of like in the Spirit, a landing strip, you know, that's how I look at it. It's a landing strip for the Spirit. Well, in Ephesians 4, chapter 30, there's a couple ways that are no-nos when you're trying to do that. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4, here are the two ways that will stop God from landing in your heart, so that, as it were in the spirit of outpouring especially. And the first one is, uh, verse 30, chapter 4 of Ephesians, is talking about the body of Christ building one another up, and it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So you know what? Every person in this room has the capacity to make the Holy Spirit sad, to grieve the Spirit. If you look on what's either side of that, you understand that what that is is has to do with your relationships having unforgiveness, having bitterness, holding grudges. That's all that surrounds that verse. If you're doing that, you're, you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. The reason I didn't receive during that first outpouring was because I was judging what other people were doing in the body of Christ. Just because I didn't understand it, a judgment formed in my heart, and that bitterness stopped me from receiving. Part of what I was watching was going on in that room, and that was just one instance. I just kept saying, this can't be God, and just all this stuff was going on in my head. And from that point on, I, I made doggone sure I steered clear of those people from that point on. What an idiot. What an idiot. Those were the very people that could have helped me, but I just, I judged them. Yeah. I grieved the Holy Spirit of God. What I did was, I grieved the Spirit and kept Him from being who He wanted to be through me. That's what it means to grieve the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things are the Spirit. When you... When you are judging people, have unforgiveness in your heart, you're keeping the Spirit from being who He wants to be through you. That's grieving. Okay, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Here's the second thing you can do. There's others about the Spirit, but we'll just stop with these two. Uh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is the other thing we can do to make a highway. So the first thing we want to do is get rid of any bitterness, any judgment you have. You know, there's people in this room tonight, I'll bet you, you've had somebody try and force something on you in the Spirit. And it really made you sad. And you really wondered. And when you left there, you felt slimed. And you felt like, why were they doing that? And maybe they were really nice people. They just didn't know how to do it. If that put up a block in your heart, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You need to forgive them and let them go. It doesn't mean what they did was right. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means you want your heart clear. So you can receive what God wants for you. See that? The second thing is 1 Thessalonians 5. It says in verse 19, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Or some translations say, Do not quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. That's the second thing you can do. Quench the Spirit. What's going on here in Thessalonia was there was prophecies flying, on all, flying around all over the place. In the first chapter, it talks about that. Prophecy this, prophecy that. And people were going, what is this? What are these prophecies? They don't mean anything. And so they kind of had this attitude about the Holy Spirit moving through spiritual gifts. And what they were starting to do was shut the whole thing down because of that attitude. And so Paul's telling them, don't quench the Spirit. 
Now here's the second part. The first was the first was grieving. The second is quenching. Grieving is when you keep the Holy Spirit from being who you want He wants to be through you. Quenching is when you stop the Holy Spirit from wanting to do what He wants to do through you, mainly through the spiritual gifts. When I saw stuff in renewal in that first wave, I went, I wouldn't mind having that gift, but I sure as heck don't want that gift. I sure wouldn't do that. Those people, they're weird when they prophesy like that. Or whatever it is. Any kind of spiritual gift. Speaking in tongues is a big one. Speaking in a spiritual language. What is that about? I don't really want that. Do I really want that one? See what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying God's going to put something on you, but just have an open heart. Have an open heart. Don't grieve the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. That's how you can build a landing strip for Him, by getting rid of those obstacles in your heart. That was the second thing, because I had those problems. Now, Second uh, Chronicles 7, and then I'm going to wrap, I'm going to go through this one, then we'll wrap it up real quick here. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Chronicles is in the Old Testament. I could have told you, First Hezekiah, how many would have turned to First Hezekiah if I would have said that? There is no First Hezekiah. <laughs> I'm warning you ahead of time for future speakers who say, I don't want to turn to First Hezekiah. You'd be really embarrassed. Second Chronicles chapter 7 is this whole story of the dedication of the temple by Solomon. Now here's this grieving and quenching the spirit deal. I'm going to just bring this home to you about the Holy Spirit, okay? Because this is the thing I didn't appreciate the first time around. Solomon is dedicating the temple. It says that he is sacrificing, if, um, I don't want you to look at it, but if you're in chapter 5, it says he was, sac- in verse 5, he was sacrificing so many sheep and cattle they could not be recorded or counted. What a bloody mess. So they're, they've got the new temple, they're dedicating it, Solomon's going to pray, and they're taking this bloody mess as they're walking up there and sacrificing all these cattle. They get to the altar, there's a sacrifice on the altar, and Solomon prays this prayer, and what happens? Look at time what happens. Huh? Fire, says verse 1. Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and sacrifices. What does that mean? when that happened. What did the fire mean when it came down and consumed the sacrifice? What was the meaning of that? God accepted the offering. He, he accepted it. He says, okay, I see that, I accept it. And then after it said, it burned the offerings and the sacrifices, and then the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So the fire came, hit the sacrifice, God says, I accept it. The glory of the Lord filled the temple, and all the servants, it says, they were so strong, the manifest presence of God, they just all fell and they couldn't do their normal thing. All the guitars fell over, all the drummers fell over, all the guys that were doing all their service things, they all just boom, all came down. Because that's what happens when God shows up like that. Okay, That's a topology. What's it a topology in the New Testament of? Anyone? Okay, back up though. Where's the sacrifice? Now think of this now. If you don't remember anything else I say tonight, and you are squeamish about things of the Spirit like I was, just please hear what I'm going to tell you now. We often equate the blood of Jesus as cleansing our sins and salvation and all that stuff, and that's all true. But we rarely equate 
that the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for you and I was the sacrifice that was more, it says in Hebrews, than the sacrifices of billions of all the bulls and goats. God didn't want that blood. But when he saw the blood of his son, he accepted that sacrifice on your behalf and my behalf. And on Pentecost, because of the blood that was shed, he accepted the sacrifice and he sent the fire. And the fire came down and filled what? The temple. You now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the glory of God fills us through the Spirit. Even when I say it to this day, it gets me because back when, the first wave, what was I thinking? How could I say, no, I don't want more of your Spirit? How could I say, yeah, I want it like this and not that? Jesus shed His blood so you could be filled with the Holy Spirit both as an individual temple and a corporate temple of the living God. We want to give Jesus, now listen now, everything He paid for in the Spirit because He died so you could have the Holy Spirit and the glory of God living in you. Okay. Therefore, the Scripture in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned, and what? Fall short of what? Maybe some of you in this room tonight are like me. I had to repent. I had to say, I'm so sorry, Jesus, for not giving you everything you wanted. I fell short of the glory you wanted me to have, living by the Spirit in me. I want you to have it all. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what my pride says. I don't care what my experience is. And by the time, by the way, that second wave rolled around in the mid-90s that I caught right at the peak of it. And Denise caught it, too. It was amazing, wasn't it? I was not going to miss it the second time. You don't have to miss it the first time. Just give yourself as a living sacrifice to Jesus. And let Him do by His Spirit everything he wants you to do okay the last thing I want to say is how can you do all this how can we do this the last thing is first one was how to recognize the manifest presence of God and respond to it how to clear a highway in your heart to make room for the spirit so he can land by not grieving or or uh, quenching him the last thing is when the spirit is moving find a safe place where you can play in the river because you have to have a safe place to try this on when the spirit is moving Find a safe place to play in the river. I didn't know what that was. I needed to try this on. I needed somebody to walk through it with me to say, you know, the other day when you were praying for me, I, my hands started shaking. What in the world does that mean? Oh, am I freaking out? Do I need to go to a psych ward? I mean, what is the problem here? No, sometimes when the Spirit comes, you know, your body just gets so energized, you just start shaking a little bit. Really? I didn't know that. I remember the first time I was praying for everybody, I was so scared of ministry and I was standing behind them and I was just putting my hands on the back because I was as close as, as I could get to the prayer team. They were over there praying and, and people were getting touched and they were crying and laughing and falling and I went, what the, how, how in the heck are they doing this? What are they saying? And like I said, they were saying real profound prayers. More, Lord. Give them more. That's all they said. That's all it was. And the math is presence of God would come and just touch people. It was so easy. I go, I can sign for that. But one time I was standing there praying for them and all of a sudden I noticed my hand going, it was like, you know, it was disconnected. I went, whoa. You know, just that hand, but not this hand. What was going on there? And I didn't know. And so the second time, I had somebody to ask. 
I had friends. In fact, Denise and I and two other couples, one of the places we found to play in the river was we met every other week, was it? Once a month or something like that. And we just met in our living room and we practiced on one another. Okay, come Holy Spirit. And now we're going to put Denise in the middle. And we're just going to pray over her. We're going to practice prophesying over her. And practice what happens when she, wow, she starts crying now. What's going on there? I don't know. God's just coming and touching my heart. And I feel like he's healing something. Wow, that's great. Let's pray for healing. All this stuff so we can practice the presence and get used to it a little bit. I've known Paul and Karen for over 10 years. And I can tell you, this is a safe place to play in the river. You stick with them and the leaders in here, this is a safe place. You know what? The reason I can say that is, there are a lot of shepherds who don't know how to build banks for the river to flow. So you don't, you want to be careful about being in a place that doesn't have banks. Here's what I mean by that. You know, you can't control the move of God, but you can, the shepherds can steer it a little. Because if it doesn't have banks, what happens is it flows all over the place and becomes really destructive. And then you have people just kind of doing weird stuff. And you go, what is that? Now, not that it isn't weird sometimes. I mean, it's weird enough. But some of it just gets really bizarre. And you go, what's going on here? See, now, listen, here's what happens. Why you need a safe place to play in the river. And why you need shepherds who build you banks. You know, rivers, you ever, you've been to the Mississippi River. The banks are pretty wide, right? There's a lot of room to play. But you do need banks. Well, if the enemy can't stop the wave of God from coming, if he knows he can't stop it, what happens is he becomes a renewal promoter. And he gets behind it and he pushes it as hard as he can. So that hopefully he'll push it out of balance. And then everybody else will see that what's out of really weird out of balance. And then it'll discredit the whole thing. And the move will die. Because it'll grieve the Holy Spirit. See that? So you want a big area to play and splash and try this on and say, you know, I've never really felt God come on my by the Holy Spirit. I want to, I've never really spoken in tongues before. What's that like? I've never really given a prophecy. Can I play around a little bit with that and just kind of experiment with it? Is it something I learn or is it something I just get by osmosis? How does this work? What happens if I'm sitting here in the meeting and all of a sudden I feel the manifest presence, the felt presence of God come on me? Do I have to keep singing? Can I, or can I just sit down? Can I lay down? Can I? What can I do? If I start laughing, am I supposed to go <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You need a place where you can play in the river and let the Holy Spirit just have you. Otherwise you could miss it like I do. I was in rooms, exactly, Bible studies, exactly like this one, exactly. And I came in, heard, and I left. But God did not get through to my heart. And the other reason is, is you want safe banks because when the Holy Spirit comes, He starts touching areas you need healing. So a lot of the weeping and stuff that goes on is not just it's conviction, that's sometimes for sure. But a lot of times it's just when you get love like that, in fact, let's close your eyes right now, everybody, just for a minute. Now, let me just pray for you here. Lord, you are so good. In the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit fell and filled the temple, they had the same song they sang over and over and over. For the Lord is good, and His loving kindness is everlasting. For the Lord is good, and His loving kindness is everlasting. For the Lord is good no matter how He comes to you. 
For the Lord sees you right now. He sees your hunger. He sees your thirst. He sees your fears. He sees your background. He sees what He wants to give you. He sees what needs to happen to open your heart more. You don't even have to worry about it. All you have to do is say, Yes, Lord. We don't want religious stuff. We don't want a scorpion. We don't want deception. We don't want the demonic. We just want the wonderful, clean, beautiful, sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Now some of you here tonight, when I was talking about holding grudges against other people who have ministered to you, if that if something comes to mind to you right now, would you just say, Lord, I bring you these people, this person, this denomination, this group. Lord, I release them from the debt they owe me. I forgive them. Some of you, that may have gotten into almost like spiritual abuse. You need to forgive them. Maybe they were even well-meaning, but it was still that. Some of you need to surrender your pride. By that I mean, you think you know better. You think you know how the Spirit comes. I've been through two renewals, and I have no idea how He's going to come the next time. I have no idea. I don't need to know. I just want Him to come. Lord, come right now and make a deposit for the future in these dear ones. I heard them sing. I heard them pray. I heard them prophesy. But more importantly, you did too. They want more. Come land here, Lord. Come send your loving presence. Come overwhelm us if you need to. Come send tongues of fire if you need to. Come shake the walls if you need to. Come send the wind if you need to. Father, we are so bored with church as usual, even our own spiritual life. It's good, but we are looking for more. So come, Lord. Okay, I want all of you to stand up now. Just stand up. And here's how we're going to close. I want you just, you know, this is odd. I know you don't know everybody, but if, before you go, if you'll just turn to the person near the side of you and try and watch to make sure everybody gets prayer. If you'll just turn to them and just, just pray a more prayer for them. You don't have to ask them anything. Just turn to each one of you, if you and make sure everyone gets prayer, and just say, just say, Lord, come fill my brother and sister. Just touch them on the shoulder and let them just receive. You can practice receiving right now. So go ahead and start doing that right now, and I'm just going to keep praying as you do that. Lord, release release people's hearts not to be afraid now. Because we're asking you to come strongly. We don't want to manipulate people. We just want you. So you just come and do whatever you want right now. Bring us to the next place. Fill. Fill people right now in Jesus' name. Displace what has to come out. And and make an enlargement in them to receive more. That's a word for some of you. you. You're looking for an enlarged place in your heart to receive more. Lord, let it come. Let it come, Lord. We can't do this. We don't, we don't we can't. We can't figure this. Just more. Just fill us. Just fill us. Look at all the sacrifices on the altar. Jesus paid the sacrifice. We're there now. Let the fire fall. And consume the offering. Let the fire fall. Let the glory come. Let your manifest press begin to touch people. Now and when they leave. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Okay, now switch around. Maybe you switch around to someone who needs prayer now. Go ahead and do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You just receive. You don't have to do anything. Just receive. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Lord, let's do it again now, Lord. You know, a real good prayer that I like to pray sometimes is, Go ahead, Lord. So just say that. Go ahead, Lord. Just give him permission. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. Now, if you're receiving prayer, don't don't pray. Just receive. You can't you can't talk and be kissed at the same time. All right. Just just be quiet. You, you know that's something we have to learn. When you're receiving, you just be quiet. <laughs> you just receive. Let the other person just pray over you. Just receive. Pretend like you're a sponge. More, Lord. Just let it come. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let it come. That's right. Let it come, Lord. More. And take just another minute here. More, Lord. This is just practice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, we don't need to be getting words or pictures or anything right now. We just want Him. We just want the Lord Himself to come. We just want the glory to come. That Lord, just let it come. Lord, there are some people so tightly wound inside, they're just like I was, they don't know how to let go. Please, in Jesus' name, release them from anything from their past that's just holding them tightly inside. They want to let go, but they just don't know how. Oh, Lord, grace them. Oh, Lord, set them free right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, heal anybody who was used or abused in a spiritual setting who just closed their heart, and no wonder. But Lord, now soften their heart. Let them open like a flower to your presence. To your presence, Lord. Send your glory. Show us your glory, Lord. Let it come. More. More. Just take one more minute here. More, Lord. You don't have to do anything. More, Lord. More. 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 Penetrate hearts and minds. Thank you, Jesus. We welcome you. Land here, Lord. Land here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, gang. Okay, if you want more prayer from somebody, you can ask people around you for more prayer. Maybe you want something else. God bless you. It's 10 o'clock, and there's a meeting after this, Paul, right? Yeah, for those who want to go to Brazil. For those who want to go to Brazil, where are you guys going to meet? We'll meet in my study. In Paul's study, all right? Okay, God bless you. And then, uh, Kim, you can just tell them what we're doing. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's food and fun and fellowship outside. Uh, the food's downstairs. Um, in here, this is going to become like the prayer worship room. Um, there's uh, flower lays. Those are going to be worn by people who are kind of on prayer ministry, but whatever. Anyone can pray for whoever. But look for them if you're looking for a specific prayer for whatever. Um other than that, uh, be blessed. Um, that's it. I was going to say, I'll be hanging around. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk to somebody. If you have questions, there's no question out of bounds. Please come and talk to me, and I'd love to share with you. Great. Great. Thank you.
just got you on the phone. I don't think we we'll let you go until. I'm 